Right on USA, the official optics of Talking Lead. www.rightonusa.com Leadheads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 266, and uh, we are getting close to our 300th episode of Talking Lead. This is going into our sixth year. We've been celebrating this whole year, 2018, for our fifth year. Been giving away lots of awesome prizes to you guys from our sponsors, friends of the show, and I think you guys have been pleased. And we have been pleased with all the Feedback we've been getting from you guys, all the sharing on social media, the interaction that you've been doing with us is greatly appreciated, and it's showing in our ratings. So thank you guys. Keep it up. If you didn't get a chance, go back to last week's episode, 265, where we had none other than the Squatch, Zeke Stout himself, talking about his new TV show on the Discovery Channel, Master of Arms. And joining us today, speaking of Master of Arms... We have the gun guru himself, Rob Pincus, in the house, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm awfully proud to be here. You're awfully proud to be here. Awfully proud to be here. We are we are proud for you to be here. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you had a busy morning already, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but let's let's talk about Master of Arms real quick. Our, our buddy Zeke has been uh, doing some amazing things here recently. Uh, he's been keeping it under the radar, but we were able to announce it. Uh, last episode, Discovery Channel's Master of Arms. He's the host. Yeah, look and, at him. He's all grown up. He's on big t- big time TV. Right, big boy TV. And and you had an opportunity to to swing by while he was up there. Probably a little surprised to you. He said, hey, you're in the, the area. Come by and check us out. Yeah, definitely. I knew something was going on, right? He was all sequestered and kind of held back from uh, public interaction for a while. And he saw he saw where I was on the 2018 training tour and he knew I was kind of in striking distance. He said, hey, if you have time and you can, you know, keep your Instagrams off for like 10 minutes, come by and see what we're doing. And uh, it was it was really cool. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the show comes out, because the way they were uh, taping it was was really it was very authentic. It was legit. You know, I've been around some TV shows that. Yeah, it's pretty sketchy the way it gets put together. And, and, you know, with the shows I did on the Outdoor Channel, I mean, those are all pretty straightforward and legit. But some of the bigger networks uh, sometimes can, you know, they're looking for for ratings and drama and sort of choreographed drama sometimes. And uh, I did not see any of that happening with uh, the Master at Arms. I thought that was really cool. Nice. So uh, November 2nd is when that's going to drop. And like we talked about in last episode, we're going to be doing a little viewing party. I know you've been invited to that as well, so I hope you can make it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to make it, so I think I'll be there in the Nash Town. Sweet. Uh, you can stay here if you need a place to stay. I know you got all kinds of family here, so uh, <laughs> you, you probably got that covered, <laughs> right? So, guys, um, we're going to talk some pretty cool stuff with Rob today, important uh, subject matter. Uh, you guys have probably seen the, the video that we've been posting with Rob where he's uh, – Breaking down a, a rain situation, an unfortunate rain situation, 
uh, and the way it's been handled since and the way it should properly be handled. So we're going to get into that with Rob uh, along with some other things. But first, Rob, I hear that jack wagon train rolling in. I hear it. You hear it? Toot, toot. I hear it. Bring it in, Gunny. Dog, but I also hear that. Hoorah, simplified, do or die, hold them high at eight and nine. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and we've got a load of Jack Wagons this week. Uh, listeners submitted Jack Wagons. I think we're going to start off with one of the listeners submitted Jack Wagons, Rob. All right, let's do it. So let's go to... Let's go to Facebook first, and I'm going to start. Here's one right here. Facebook itself uh, is a jack wagon. They have pretty much sequestered my uh, my Facebook page from being able to boost any post. Ever since I've had Mindy Robinson on, ever since that, that episode with Mindy Robinson, I think they blacklisted me. I've not been able to boost anything. Uh, and apparently my page is glitchy now too. One of the uh, the uh, our followers, Alex K, says that the lead page is glitchy. Have you ever seen a Facebook page be glitchy before? Well, I've seen Facebook be glitchy, and I know that sometimes you know I'll get I'll get I got panicky about two weeks ago. I had something where somebody was bugging me on some private group forum, and I had responded. And then I thought I got booted from the private forum because they didn't like my response or something. So I was talking in, in chat, in a group chat with some people, and they said, no, no, this Facebook just did some kind of update and they're all glitchy. It's glitchy. So it turns okay. out I wasn't banned from posting. It was just glitchy, right? But okay. I, but and on the other hand, I have been, let's say, uh, I've had to have some timeouts, I think, from being able to boost posts. Okay. Well, I, apparently I'm going through that right now, uh, and that's been almost 10 episodes ago, I think. I know it's been a while since I had Mindy on, but ever since then, they have not allowed me to boost any of my posts. I can still post, yeah. but they won't. I even tried to boost the Discovery Channel, which had nothing to do with the sale or you know anything with firearms. They wouldn't even What's let it me. Say? Which message are you getting? Because I've gotten the political message, <clears throat> I've gotten the too much text message, and I've gotten the safety community standards message, the normal gun message. I've gotten all yeah. of those. It, it's always <laughs> the, I'm violating their gun policy, the sale yeah, of the, firearms or whatever, sale promotion. Which is really tough, right? Like if I'm talking, if I'm doing a gun <clears throat> review, am I promoting the sale of that gun? Well, I guess if I'm saying something positive about it, I am right. Technically mm-hmm. on the other hand, I'm not trying to sell somebody a gun on Facebook, right? I don't have a gun for sale. I don't get a dollar if somebody sells a gun. No. So really subjective. And I think that's the problem. I, I, I see a lot of people get hemmed up on that a lot more than I do. And I kind of wonder like, how are you screwing this up so bad? Because I've never had like a timeout. I've never had uh, posts deleted. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've had some boosts and advertising blocked. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't like. I haven't been kicked off. Of YouTube. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't I'm, either. I've never had. So I kind of wonder how far people push the boundaries or how people are getting on the radar because I seem to to skate through most of the time. Yeah, well, I I used to too, but not since I had Mindy. I mean, Mindy's great and she's very controversial. I don't know if you know Mindy Robinson or not, but uh, she's got a, a great uh, website and blogs called Red White and Fu. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I think now I think we're getting closer to the source. Maybe Mindy like tainted your your Facebook I'm, profile. I'm not. No, and I think she, if anything, she enhanced it and made it you know made it better. You know, really? Like, I think so. Mindy's great. Um, I don't. I don't know. Do I know Mindy? Uh, you should. If you don't, she. Um, I'm super busy. Now, have you seen Range Fifteen? 
Yeah. She was in range 15. She was the blonde okay. um, that was in there. Oh, I found her. There she is. Yeah. I just looked her up on the internet. Yeah. She's got a new movie coming out, um, uh, Roe v. Wade. She's, her boyfriend is uh, Randy Couture. Oh, know. I know Mindy. Yeah, now I thought I know you did. Mindy is. Yeah, I know. I absolutely know who Mindy is yeah. uh, because I, I, they came by one of the, I think they came by the Eagle booth, uh, maybe at Shot Show or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Sodini's real good they friends with them. Right? Yeah, Sodini's friends with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's she's an awesome 2A proponent. Yeah, no, she's a sweetheart. I don't know why they would be mad at you about that. Uh, I, I don't either. I'm just, it's just coincidental, I guess, but. And I'm not blaming you, Mindy. So uh, don't don't take it that way. I, I like think it's an honor. I think it's an honor. For a minute, it sounded like you were. No, I think it's an honor. So um, I'm I'm cool with that. That I showed up on Facebook's radar. I guess <laughs> that's controversial. But anyway, so uh, that ties in with Alex uh, Alex's nomination for the uh, the Jack Wagon. Let's go with. Uh, our next one, we'll do another listener submitted one here, and then um, I've got one and Rob's got one too. So let's go to the Jack Wagon Train inbox here. And uh, Jason F., um, I know you guys don't mind me saying your last names, but sometimes I don't really remember if you did or said it was okay or not. So I'll just say, Jason F., you know who you are. You sent in a couple. Uh, one of them has to tie in with Rob, so we'll save that one. The next one is the Antifa story. So apparently, uh, where was this at? This was in Portland. Which one? Oregon, uh, Maine, Michigan? Uh, good, good question. So here's the link to it. Protesters, Portland. I think it's up in... Uh, that sounds like Oregon. They have a lot of protesting going on. In Oregon, yeah. So Antifa protesters blocked traffic and almost started a riot during a Saturday march and vigil for Patrick Kimmons, a black Portland man shot by police on September 30th after he allegedly shot two people and approached officers holding a gun. It says, protesters started a riot downtown Portland. Uh, a tweet by Brandon Farley, who's a videographer, who, according to his Twitter feed, records disruptive events in downtown Portland, Oregon. So, yeah, Oregon. The second video shows protesters blocking the road and trying to direct traffic during the vigil. Needless to say, it went off without a hitch. Um, But uh, you keep reading on here, and it says that they, and apparently this was not an organized thing. They just took it upon themselves to redirect traffic, block roads, threaten people. There was one that says, just go that way. A female protester told a driver who had rolled down his window to talk. When he purportedly asked why, she responded, because I told you to. <laughs> so there. Yeah, brother. Yeah, you little white little effer. A man who appeared to be white himself yelled while approaching the vehicle. The First Amendment. Get the F down the road. Later in the video, he called the driver a little white supremacist after he noticed the driver's tags were from North Carolina. Okay. So. There's a lot of people in North Carolina who are not white supremacists. I would say probably, what, 99.9% or 98 Something, maybe? Yeah, somewhere between 99.9 and 99.99. 99, yeah. Probably. Well, no, come on. Wait, it is North Carolina. So nine, somewhere between 98.9 and 99.9. Okay, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. but Yeah. That's that's all we have. So Antifa, welcome to the Jack Wagon Train. Just again, showing how, um, I, and I don't want to go into calling them names or anything because everybody knows you know, how big idiots they are. 
Is that even? Is it still gaining popularity, Antifa? Because I don't hear much about them anymore. It's the first thing I've heard in a while. You know, I think a lot of the problem is like sometimes, you know, quote unquote, our side or the conservative side sort of empowers like it's cool to have the boogeyman, right? Like, you you know, Dianne Feinstein or Michael Bloomberg or Antifa or liberal snowflakes or whatever. And they do the same thing. You know, it's it's kind of one of the problems, honestly, like we're we're talking about Second Amendment organization. One of the problems is the other side, quote unquote, sort of gives the NRA way too much power by say by acting as if everything that's pro gun control or pro gun or sorry, pro gun rights or pro gun at all is NRA. You know, look yeah. what the NRA did. Look what the NRA did. And when usually it's Second Amendment Foundation winning in the courts or regular old regular gun owners, you know, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, being in the right place, at the right time, protecting themselves. And then it's NRA member because, you know, at one point or another, we probably all signed up and became NRA members, but it's still less than 10 percent of American gun owners. So I think we have to be careful about Antifa, because if they're not wearing a hat that says Antifa in the moment, I don't know. Maybe they were. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. This is this is radio. Yeah. So I, I don't like to give them any more uh, exposure or you know credit than than normal. So that's probably why you don't hear me talk about them a lot. Um, I yeah. Just, I just don't think they deserve it. So, uh, but that was a listener submitted jack wagon. So uh, they've just solidified their spot on the jack wagon train. Um, all right. I'm going to do one more, and then we're going to go to Rob's. So this was uh, uh, posted. Looks like the tenth. So yesterday. And it goes to Hollywood again. Jamie Lee Curtis swings back at Fox News on guns. I fully support the Second Amendment, she says. Okay. So there's a video here, and you guys can play this video. I'll, I'll probably edit in the clip so you guys can hear it, but I'm going to read it here. And, it, I mean, it stands to reason she's in the news because she's got a new movie coming out. So she's promoting her movie. Obviously. For sure. You know, a new Halloween was this Halloween fifty two or something like that? I don't. I think I don't know if it's a reboot or if it's a continuation. Do you know? Like, so you know how this? Do you know how this started? Like, did Fox? Like, were they talking? They were supposed to talk about the movie, but instead they said, "But she hates guns." So let me read the story. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis would like a word about her views on guns. Earlier Wednesday, the actress found herself in Fox News crosshairs when an article suggested her advocacy for gun reform is hypocritical, given the firearm she wields in the upcoming Halloween film. Pointing to several of the actress's tweets calling for action after mass shootings in Orlando and Texas, the report called Curtis, quote, one of several Hollywood's actors who use firearms in their films while preaching against them uh, away from the set. And then she comes back and says, that's a bunch of nonsense. It was just silly because... They were trying to make a point without ever asking me what I really think. The 59-year-old actress told USA Today during an interview Wednesday afternoon at what I think might surprise them. So let's see what her views are, and you guys judge for yourself whether she's a 2A proponent. Curtis, uh, who returns to the screen Halloween, October 19th, says her views on gun reform have been clear. I am a I am vocal about common sense. There we go. Anytime they say common sense, you know it's going to go downhill from here. Gun safety and gun laws, she says. For instance, I fully support an assault weapons ban. I fully support a bump stock ban. That so does, she's basically on the same page as Donald Trump. Who knows what he's on? He's flippy floppy. So, so she goes and says, that doesn't make her anti-gun, she clarifies. 
I fully support the Bill of Rights and fully support the Second Amendment. Fully. She, she says fully supports. And have absolutely no problem with people owning firearms if they have been trained, licensed, a background check, have been uh, a background check has been conducted. A pause button has been pushed to give time for that process to take place, and they have to renew their license just like we do with automobiles, which are weapons. Also, I am vocal about common sense gun safety and gun laws. For instance, I fully support an assault weapon ban. I fully support a bump stock ban. Anything that can turn a not automatic weapon into an automatic weapon ban. But I fully support the Bill of Rights and fully support the Second Amendment and have absolutely um, no problem with people owning firearms if they have been trained, licensed, a background check has been conducted, a pause button has been pushed to give time for that process to take place, and that they have to renew their license just like we do with automobiles, which are weapons also. That was Jamie Lee's uh, direct quote. So there you go. She, and she gets it. Like, anything can be a weapon. Anything can be a weapon. But however, <laughs> she just she supports the assault weapon ban. She uh, supports the, quote, bump stock ban, which basically is a ban on semi-automatic weapons. Well, uh, depending on how it's worded, yeah, it could be really dangerous. Right. I don't know. Jamie, darling, if you're out there, give me a call. Hit me up on Facebook or something. We talked about this, like, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, and I think it was the Country Music Awards. You, <laughs> you and I didn't really agree on it, but... I mean, I'll, I'll gladly revisit the situation and we can talk about it a little bit more. But I know that you you in, believe you are pro-gun, but I think you need to be educated a little bit more on the details of what that means. Yeah. Thanks. So she she's she, she just says she's fully supporting this, but then she goes, she's double speaking. You know, she's yeah, really fully, not fully supporting. Fully is, is not the right d- descriptor there. <laughs> no. No. Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, handgun permits, you have to renew them in the state of Tennessee. You know, it's already well, it like. A- I mean, I, I mean, I personally, I'm in favor of, of constitutional carry. I'm in favor of the literal interpretation of "shall not be infringed," meaning, you know, just like the First Amendment, right, or the Fourth Amendment. There's all kinds of times when we invade people's privacy when when justified. There's we take people and put them in jail. We take away their freedom. We we kill people, right? We put people to death. So there's there are mm-hmm. limitations on all of the Bill of Rights. And there's an there's an extreme to which someone becomes a prohibited person or somebody loses their right to or is punished if they speak freely in an irresponsible way. So I think that we have to have a real conversation about what what those limitations are, because shall not be infringed. You can pound on a table all you want. We're already infringed. And every other civil right gets infringed in, mm-hmm. in some way or another if you're a bad actor. But this whole idea of mandatory <laughs> training or licensing, it's just it's it's. It's uh, foolish and silly and naive under the Constitution that we live in. If you, and I, as I've said for many years, if you want to start the movement to change the, the Constitution, go for it. Like it's been done before. There's a process. But I think everyone who is pro-gun control realizes that they're not going to get two-thirds of the states of the United States of America to say, yes, change the Constitution on the Second Amendment. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So they chip away or they, talk, they double speak or whatever. But there's also a lot of people who are – you know, very much under the belief that they are pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment, 
but 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 and it's all the, those buts are the the problem right so, yeah. so dialogue, but 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 turns them into they're actually not pro-gun they're, you know they're actually pro-gun control we used to say oh you're not really pro-gun you democrat crazy well then we lose potentially like what 20 million 30 million gun owners who are registered democrats and vote democrat well no we we correct their views say look you know you, you say you're pro-gun but this is what pro-gun actually means <laughs> Okay, so what the way that you're speaking right now is not, you know, pro Second Amendment, pro firearms, pro carry, you know, whatever, you know, they're trying to double speak about. But you educate them. So you don't no, you don't just automatically dismiss them. And, you know, that's the worst thing we could do. Exactly. No, that's that becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. That gets us into our next jack wagon, Rob. Oh, boy. Which uh, you you want to take this one. This is the uh, the RSO. Yeah, so the RSO is not the jack wagon by any stretch. Well, no, right? no, so, the RSO video. So let's put it. Yeah, in. the RSO videos. This is the RSO <clears throat> grabs the gun from the selfie guy. Um, if you go to my YouTube channel, and I know you're going to put the link in the show notes, I did a breakdown of this, and I want to talk about it from a couple of different directions. But the jack wagon award has to go to, in the spirit of the jack wagon, the jack wagon has to go to this customer who walks up to a table, sees a gun on it, right. Now, I'm not exactly sure who loaded the gun, how the gun got loaded. We don't have that piece of information. But he walks up to a loaded gun inside of a stall at an indoor range down in Texas, picks up the gun, and proceeds to start taking selfies. But first, let me take a selfie. So he starts taking selfies, and he's clearly violating what I call rule number three, the big picture rule. He is not focused on controlling the gun. His Mm -hmm. finger's on the trigger. Gun's being flagged all over the place. Takes a couple selfies with himself. Then he decides he's going to selfie with his buddy, and because he's a funny guy, he points the gun at dude's head <laughs> with his finger on the trigger. Yes, with a big grin on his face. Yeah. Enter Scott, the Scott. RSO known as Scott, Super RSO. He comes in from out of the camera. You kind of see him a little bit on the right side he's of the camera. He's keeping an eye on the guy. He's got it. You can tell he's got his eye on the guy. Well, I think he, he wasn't at first. Like, clearly he wasn't. He's engaged with some other people because he doesn't he doesn't really see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, clearly he sees it, right? And he comes in. Like a cat. And he, he almost like perfectly. Like, I don't know how you could do it more perfectly. Sweeps. We always talk about clear control and counter in extreme close quarters. And whether you're a cop trying to you know arrest somebody and get him in handcuffs or you're you're fighting for your life or you're an executive protection guy, three C's, clear control and counter. First thing he does is he sweeps the gun away from the guy's head. He clears the gun from the guy's head. So even if it goes off, it's not going to kill the dude. Then he establishes control by pinning the gun down to the table and grabbing the dude that's holding the gun by the shoulder. So now he's got control. Then he puts even more control in by pushing his body up against the guy and pushing the guy against the table so that the gun is pinned and the guy is pinned. And it's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of uh, close quarters work there. And then he uh, clearly you can see the body language. Jack wagon guys acting like, hey, what's wrong with you, buddy? Don't touch me. Gun's not loaded. Relax. And then uh, RSO guy gets control of the gun, opens it up, looks at it. Clearly it's loaded. Boom. Counter. He says, nope, you guys are out. He counters the situation by saying, you guys are no no touchy gunny today. Grabs the guy by the shoulder, turns the other guy around, says, you're both yeah. out, and escorts him out. Take a time out. Yeah. Yep. So, great. So, that's the, that guy's the jack wagon. Now, I have to give a little asterisk of there are some other potential jack wagons here, and this is where everybody hates it when I get all, like, police our own, but – But the other side of my breakdown video talks about the reaction from 
the pro-gun community from us, from the gun owners, in the comments everywhere this video is. And this video is viral, millions and millions of views. Yeah. And some of those people I don't think are having exactly the right moment uh, of educational opportunity that they should. They're saying, oh, that guy should never have guns. Well, that sounds like what Jamie Lee Curtis is saying, right? Mm -hmm. Because if the guy can't handle the gun safely and the guy doesn't follow common sense and if the guy doesn't have a license and he's not been trained, then he shouldn't have a gun. Well, that sounds like Jamie Lee Curtis to me, right? So the, everybody who's mad at Jamie Lee Curtis for saying that you need mandatory training on a gun, if you were the person that said those guys shouldn't have guns, you are saying exactly the same thing. You're saying that this guy didn't know how to use the gun safely or wasn't using the gun safely, so he shouldn't have the gun. And guess what? That's not what shall not be infringed means if you're pounding on a table screaming. Right. Uh, but then it goes also back to, you know, proper training, proper, you know, whatever she was saying. Obviously, this guy has not had the proper training. So this range, and I've, I've read a little bit later, this guy, I guess, and his buddy both have been banned for life from this range. Yeah. So like you said, instead of taking this as an educational opportunity, uh, and, they, and they could really turn this around. They could probably boost their training at the, the range if they took these two guys in and properly trained them. I think, you know, like you said, I th that's the better way to approach this rather than treating them, demonizing them and saying, you're an idiot. You should never own a gun. Yeah. That, that's the wrong approach to take. I mean, we have to take these opportunities as two A proponents. And again, that's how we grow and flip the, um, you know, the popular opinion. So the media makes it uh, against guns. Yeah, I think it's really hard to hold the opinion that you you don't need mandatory training and shall not be infringed and no licensing for carry, all of which I believe, right? I believe we should we should not need a license to own. I don't believe we should have mandatory training. I think we as a community need to encourage training and hold people accountable for acting poorly with guns inside of the gun owning community. And here's an example of like just demonizing, shaming, whatever you want to say, you know, virtue signaling about how I would never let a guy like that on my range, almost like the range was bad for letting the guys out there in the first place. This is all crazy talk. If you really want to be a proponent of education and gun responsibility, we need to be embracing them. Now, here's the thing. Like, so Top Gun range, they came on and commented um, relative to the video I put out. They said, hey, Rob, great breakdown, great video. We're going to show it to our staff. At the same time, they have banned these guys for life. So I, th those two things, like they can't think everything I said in that video was great and, and they're going to make it training for all their staff and at the same time think those other guys should be banned for life unless there's more to the story. Obviously, they went through a safety briefing. They signed the waiver. They did all that as most public ranges were required. Right. I was going to bring that up too. You know, that most ranges, I mean, you've got to go, you got to sit out, you got to watch that, you know, 15, 20 minute video, sign the waivers, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I mean, there are measures in place you know. yeah and that's you know that's a big thing like so here we are we are the gun people and we're saying mandatory training before you can shoot on our range we're saying we have for a private property and a private business we were we we will restrict you if we don't want you here we're saying guys like that you know some of us are saying guys like that shouldn't be allowed to have guns um and i just think that's all we got to be really careful I, if somebody holds all those opinions great except you also then have to respect jamie lee curtis's parallel opinion you also have to respect the business owner that wants to have a gun free zone because he's got private property rights and sure. he controls who comes there if he wants to say Absolutely. no concealed carry we have to respect that as well and it's a real slippery slope of saying everybody must go through a class before they can shoot on our range and then turn around and say oh they are crazy to want mandatory training for gun ownership 
how is it that you don't trust the person inside of a bulletproof stall, but we're supposed to then trust everybody walking around the mall without training? Uh, you can't have your yeah. cake and eat it too there, gun guys. You're gonna but have we to all know, I mean, it's just common sense. Again, you use a common sense. You know, if they want to use common, I'll use common sense to get training for anything that you use. You know, any anything, like your your yep. cell phone, your camera, your you know, your vehicle, you know, to drive, you know, you have to take courses, you know, you have to pass a test before you can get your driver's license. If you're going to responsibly own a firearm and you're going to carry it in public, you're taking on that responsibility. Part of your responsibility is also getting proper training. Yep. Now, do we, you know, again, do we as a society make that mandatory? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think each individual has to take that upon themselves. So, that's why we have laws in place. So if you break the laws, then you're going to suffer the punishment. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, now I am in favor of uh, training in public schools, gun safety training, just like we have you know, safety training. about how to, how to use scissors, how to use condoms, sex, how to use drugs, <laughs> how to use you know fire, pollution. We, we All these things that pose a threat to us or our society, we educate kids about. Yeah. But guns have been politicized, so we don't put gun safety training inside of the schools. I think we should. Maybe if that guy had had gun safety training in the third or fourth or fifth grade or all the way through third, fourth and fifth grade, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have done that. He would have respected the, the potential you know, risk there at a much higher level. But at the same time, we don't have that. So now it becomes incumbent upon us, the gun community, to hold people accountable and to encourage training. And now, I mean, worst case scenario, this guy goes out tomorrow to some dirt berm, you know, national forest public land with a bunch of other people and he's saying, yeah, I, all I did was this and then he kills somebody mm-hmm. because he makes the same exact mistake again. Or what if somebody was like, you know, somebody was going to go to the range for the first time this weekend, they saw the response from the gun community and they their thought was, well, gee, I hope, I, I don't, I don't want to make a mistake and be shamed in front of millions of people. Maybe I don't want to hang out with gun people. They seem really mean, you know? <laughs> They're intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's all in how we, as a as a whole, approach this too. You know, so I think we're doing our part by giving people another stream of thought uh, on how to approach this situation. So hopefully, uh, you know, if this ever happens again, and you know, hopefully you'll prevent it in you know from happening. So if you know someone who's going to the range and they haven't had any training with proper firearm handling, maybe you could go over and give them a quick lesson. Uh, um, but the, you know, the, the range has that available there. Yeah, but just see, that's ask. One of the problem. One of the, the problems with this whole learn the rules, I don't care if you can recite somebody's made up version of the rules, whether it's the NRA's rules or gun sites rules, Rob Pickus's rules, it, it, reciting the rules doesn't mean you know how to interact with the firearm. That's why we don't use those rules, right? We use the rules we use are conceptual. They're, they're, uh, in some cases, subjective, right? What is a generally safe direction? We don't say don't point the gun at anything you're not willing to destroy, because guess what? Most people aren't willing to destroy, destroy the gun, the yeah. trap at the gun range. It's a silly rule. It's nonsensical. It's rhetorical. It's hyperbole. How about define your generally safe direction when you get ready to start handling a gun and then make sure the gun stays pointed in that direction while you're in that area, right? Yeah. Down at the floor. But that goes, to you, that goes to you as a responsible gun owner. When you go to someone's exactly. range, you get with the, the owners, the RSOs, and you say, okay, just go over you know your rules here real quick with me, please, so I don't right. violate and any of your rules. 
the RSO shrugs and goes, oh, if you don't know the rules, you shouldn't have a gun. Well, then he's not helping, right? No, then Reverse. video him and send his that video to us, and we'll shame him. <laughs> yeah, Colonel Cooper wrote the four rules. You should know them. Well, guess what? It used to be three rules at Gunsight, and then they added a fourth one. So know your history, Mr. Colonel Cooper wrote the four rules. <laughs> Killing me. So uh, we posted on social media uh, that we were going to have you on, and we had people post uh, some questions that they wanted asked, uh, that they wanted answered from Rob Pincus. Did you say ask? They want, no, I said ask, and I said answered. Now you uh, look like Antifa. That's exactly well, what Antifa did. Expandable ask baton when You're you said ask. Expandable ask baton. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and ask a couple of questions, and then uh, we've got a special question. Um, let's go to that post, and we got a lot of feedback on that. So it says here from Giddy Up, it says, Oh, yes, I love listening to Pincus. He's by far one of the more eloquent voices in the 2A community. That's not a question. There's a comment for you. Uh, Thanks, buddy. Okay, then he comes up with a question. What's his take on 2A community as of late? Optimistic, pessimistic? Who? Uh, optimistic. I think I am sort of um, against what most people might believe. I am generally an optimist. If I didn't think people were open to education and open to being responsible with guns and capable of being responsible with guns, then then I probably would be like more on the other side, right? I'd be more pro-gun control. So mm-hmm. I have to be an optimist. If I'm pro-gun rights... I have to be an optimist because I'm relying on human nature to overcome the risks of firearms ownership and to overcome the, uh, you know, the potential pitfalls, the tragedies that, that do happen far too often inside of our community. So I'm definitely an optimist. Uh, let's see. Uh, while can't wait to hear from Rob, I would like to hear, this is from uh, John Adams. I would like to hear his take on the president's changing of the legal definition of a machine gun in order to ban bump stocks and how it may affect firearms rights in the future. Oh, we were, you know, anybody who thought Donald Trump was pro-gun was just, they were just <laughs> not paying attention, right? They, we, the yeah. gun community was sold a bill of goods by the National Rifle Association in the spring of 2016. Far too many people sort of blindly like sheep fell in line and said, yay, Donald Trump, and didn't look at his entire life history of being ambiguous or pro-gun control um, all the way back into at least the 90s. That's very easily documented. And then just the idea that he lived in the most restricted gun city in the U.S. Manhattan, uh, New York City is the most restricted gun city uh, to this day now that uh, D.C. has relaxed its laws a- after Heller. And yet, you know, they thought he was pro-gun. He never spent a dime to fight Bloomberg. You know, in fact, he supported Bloomberg. And and so the idea that he was ever going to be pro-gun was crazy talk. And too many people believed it. Um, people want to say, well, would you rather we voted for Hillary? No, but... You know, the NRA went far earlier than they ever have before to endorse a candidate during the primaries back in May um, when there were still other people in the race on the Republican side who were were, like Senator Ted Cruz would be an example. Not saying I'd love to have Cruz as a president, just simply saying he is far more pro Second Amendment. So when I see uh, Trump making an anti-gun move under no pressure, right, we control the legislature. We control the judiciary, and he's the executive branch. We pro-gun controls the, the White House, and yet a year ago now he offered up the uh, the bump stocks and, and said he was going to do something about it, and then the one-year anniversary comes and he says it again. Now, maybe it would be like a lot of the stuff Trump does where he just talks crazy and then it goes away and he never really does anything. Yeah. But 
Uh, I don't like the fact that he thinks it's okay after all the backing that gun owners gave him and after obviously over $30 million of contributions from the NRA. I hate the fact that he thinks it's okay to just come up with this crazy talk about bump stocks and suggest that an inanimate object is somehow responsible for deaths. Um, That's the slippery slope. Exactly. All right. Good question. Uh, Next question. This says, uh, this is from Mustang Perry. And this goes back to the RSO. He said, I would like to hear opinions on handling this type of situation at ranges without RSOs. So kind of the, the latter part of your discussion of that. Yeah, I had a conversation with uh, Mark Walters on Armed American Radio on Sunday night, his national show, about this. And he tells a story, and he's told it before, uh, about how he had to make a decision about the people that were in the booth next to him at a, at a public range, whether he was going to try to get them to you know, change their behavior because they were being unsafe or if he was just going to leave. And he, he, because he was with his wife, particularly, I think he just chose to leave. Ultimately, is it, do you want to start a confrontation with somebody who's already being unsafe with a gun and might not really be paying attention to the risks and the consequences of negligent and irresponsible gun use? Probably not. Should you maybe go to the management and, and make it up to them? Absolutely. When you look at some of the gun ranges, you know, I'm on, I don't know, 30, 50 ranges a year. When, when you look at some of the ranges that are just the members have a key and they can go and it's an unsupervised range, there may be no management whatsoever at the range. I think at that point, you maybe you take a picture, you take a video, you know, you get yourself, you leave, you, you don't start that confrontation if you don't know the yeah. person. And then you contact the management or you go to the, the you know, Facebook forum of, of that group or that uh that range and let everybody know what's going on. Uh, but I do think something has to be done. What we can't do is simply, um, you know, turn a blind eye. We need to police our own. We need to hold people accountable for negligent gun use um, in any in any way, whether that's confrontational open carry or it's, you know, negligent storage or staging of a gun in your home when you have kids. Like we need to hold each other accountable. I'm not saying call the police. I'm saying talk to the guy that's that's causing the problem, or or talk to the management of the place where the guy yeah. is being yeah. a problem. It's it's bringing it up and actually talking about it and have a conversation with that person. Yeah. yeah, too many people are afraid of like criticizing other gun owners, right? They and it's it's so it's it's just it's laughable to me. Like on the one hand, they don't want to criticize the other gun owner for being irresponsible and negligent with guns because then that like gives the other side a talking point like even rob pinkus says some gun owners are reckless well guess what some gun owners are reckless so yeah i'm gonna say that but on the other hand they want to tell you know the person who's a democrat who who voted for hillary clinton that owns 20 guns is a hunter goes to gun competitions totally responsible totally you know does what they're supposed to do with guns they want to say you're not a real gun owner because you voted for a democrat you know, they'll throw that person out, but they'll mm-hmm. take the person who's literally embarrassing us with their gun handling or their gun, you know, responsibility issues, and they'll they'll embrace them and actually circle the wagons around them and protect them. I mean, yeah. you know, look at all the guys that, that made idiots of themselves on the Sasha Baron Cohen show, right? We're going to circle the wagons around them, but we're going to condemn somebody who, who votes as a Democrat, even though they're they're really responsible with guns and they, they speak highly of, of gun ownership and they represent a responsible gun owner well it's, it's yeah it yeah, you can't me. yeah you can't turn those people away just because of their uh, initial political beliefs you know and that's what we've preached on this show time and time again is you know we welcome everyone to this show this community the the two a community is one of the most welcoming and diverse communities there are um, so it can be. But not not that that's a generalization that, you know, at the individual level, there's a lot of, you know, bigoted, crazy people in our group, too. No, there are. But at the same time, if you look at our group, 
there's blacks, there's whites, there's gays, there's women, there's you know, all kinds of different religions that enjoy their their Second Amendment rights and absolutely uh, do Should so be. do so daily. So you know that alone makes us probably the most diverse community there is out there. So uh, good answer and good question. Uh, next question we're gonna we're gonna do this one and then we'll get to the um, the the big question. So. And you kind of just answered this one. This is Kurt G. It says, ask him what approach he takes when engaging conversations with people on the other side of the aisle. So I think we kind of talked about that a little bit. He's a firm believer that education and exposure are the keys to increasing society's positive views on the firearms. How can we increase our impact in this area without being overzealous and turning people off? Very excited to hear his interview and hear more about his pistol. That'd be the PD-10. Oh, I knew knew somebody was gonna sneak you that. Yeah, that was gonna. You knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, if he needs a tester to carry one around, tell him I'm his Huckleberry. That's uh, Kurt. <laughs> All, <Norman>. right. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> so. so let's see. Uh, first thing first. Um, the how do I approach people? I try to establish some kind of common ground, right? So if someone says they don't, you know, like for example, earlier today, um, this interview, I appreciate you pushing it back. It's a little bit later than it was because I had some. Uh, journalists over for a local paper and they long story made short when we finally sat down for a meeting to talk about how guns can safely be stored or staged in a home with children they uh two of the three people i met with were really open to having that conversation and we were really focused on that but one of the people that was there uh immediately like literally four minutes in first question out of the gate we're supposed to be talking about you know quick access safes or something tell me why someone needs to have, and there was a knife hand involved, but I think it was this hand. Tell me why somebody needs <laughs> to have a gun that is designed to kill people as quickly as possible and kill as many people as possible. So he'd rehearse uh, that question. He knew he was going to hit you with that question. No oh more. my gosh, he couldn't wait. And I was like, oh, well, uh, no, I don't, that, is that, or what? we're not, you know, we're trying to get out of yeah, it. Right? Ambush, but ambush. Let it go. <laughs> AR-15s are like designed to kill people as fast as they can. They're like it's crazy talk, right? Like assault weapons, and I like so I try to have a conversation. Okay, wait, time out. What are you basing this off of? Well, I read an article about how the bullets explode. Well, I mean there are bullets that explode. See, here's one of the hard parts: is is I see a lot of guys on our side that would say to that, "That's crazy talk," and just like end it there, right? Or or no way bullets don't explode. Well, guess what? Some bullets explode, right? There's some HE bullets out there. Now, granted, they're like 50 cal and 20 millimeter, all that. But to say no bullets explode is is, is disingenuous, right? Mm-hmm. Just like to say there's no gun show loophole is disingenuous. There is no gun show loophole, but can someone go do a private transfer in a lot of states where they meet somebody at a gun show and they privately transfer a gun that doesn't go through a background check? Absolutely. So we sometimes overcorrect, right? So I try to just find the common ground. Like, what is this based on? All right, well, we're in Colorado. Here's the thing. Like, are you aware that there are guns that are, like, way more powerful than that? You know, well, I suppose there are. Okay, so, like, we go to a gun shop. Like, you can pick the gun shop. Go to the closest one to us, the biggest one in Denver, whatever one you want. The the actual, you know, M- M16, AR-15 type round, the 5.56 round, 2.23 round, that round's probably going to be like if you go all the way down to the bottom of what you're going to need to fill out paperwork for to buy as a gun up to the top of what they've got there for sale. It's probably in, you know, the 50th or 60th percentile in terms of power. Right. And that's only because most handguns are going to be less powerful 
And there's a whole bunch of rifles that are more powerful. And depending on the gun shop we go to, you might see a lot more hunting rifles and you might see not so many hunting rifles. So I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but it certainly isn't going to be the most powerful thing in, in the place. And unfortunately, this guy's like whole worldview was formed by people demonizing assault weapons and the AR-15 in particular. So he, re- he had read articles that, that misinformed him that made it sound like it was crazy powerful. So they got here today to take some pictures to, for this kid's safety article. And I laid out, I don't know, probably 20 rifles, 20 long guns mm-hmm. on the uh, Go to his Instagram tape. page. It's there. Yeah. And, and what I did was uh, I was great liberal gun owners had just sent me a bunch of uh, safety flags, like chamber flags mm-hmm. and yellow and, and orange. So I took all the orange ones. About half the table was 7.62 by 39, a bunch of 308s, that kind of stuff. So I, I marked the ones that were more powerful than the average AR-15, the 5.56, with the orange flags, just to mm-hmm. kind of a 12-gauge shotgun with a slug up close, you know, is more oh, yeah, powerful. No doubt. Yeah. So I showed him all that stuff. And then I even showed him, you know, Baby Pink is the three-year-old. She she has uh, she was a couple of guns when she was born by people in the community, good friends. One of them is an AR-15. That's a 22 long rifle conversion. So I even had that. But I said, no, here's an AR-15 that shoots this little guy, you know. Yeah. And that little bullet on the end is actually not much lighter than this little bullet on the end of a true 5.56. And I sort of explained it to him. So I had to find the root of the misunderstanding. And that little bullet is causes more deaths than any of the other bullets. Yeah. So I had, so that's the thing is you, instead of just like kind of go talking point to talking point, you got to try to understand, right? I don't do the agree to disagree thing. I'll, I'll agree that, that I have a different opinion, but I don't want to just blow it off. Like I want to understand your opinion first. Mm-hmm. Usually if it's, if it's something with the anti-gun thing, that's, that's that, you know, crazy talk ish, then I have to be able to, uh, understand what the root of the misunderstanding is. And once I understand that, now we can have a real talk. Now, the guy may still be anti-AR-15. He may be anti-assault weapon, but he is now going to be intellectually dishonest. Well, he's got he another He's got another uh, opinion, you know, that he can form now. He's got more information, you know. And, and that's, he, still, he still may hate AR-15s and not think may. anybody. He may, uh, but it's in, in a contextually appropriate way. So I think that's the most important thing is to ask questions of the person that holds a different opinion to try to understand it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not doing that, then you're not really having a dialogue. You're just talking at him. Yeah. Yeah. And critical thinking. So you gave him a whole other aspect to come from when he critically thinks about, you know, the five, five, six round now, two, two, three. Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, so let's put this in perspective. You can still hate it or whatever emotionally, but intellectually you have to. Another thing we tell all the listeners here, you know, don't just take one source of information and take it as gospel, you know, go to several different sources, even go to the opposite, uh, you know, people that you don't believe in and get their point of view and then draw your your conclusion. So good question. Um, So now we've got joining us via Skype, we've got one of our number one lead heads and number one PDN heads too. I don't know what you yeah, call your platinum PDN member. Platinum member, Jerry Black, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Uh, <laughs> are you still there, Jerry? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, you are the lucky lead head that we've chosen to ask Rob your question in person. All right. Well, I, I and I know you had I, several. <laughs> I just I had two, and you kind of touched on the on the one. Uh, as an ordinary, and I hate to use that word ordinary or typical, average, whatever it is that you want to call it, a Second Amendment supporter, which everybody that listens to this show, virtually everybody is, what are some everyday things that I can do to further educate 
say, the world around me, my sphere of influence on the concept of whether we need stricter gun laws or whether we should enforce the laws that are already in place. Is there a specific book or something like that that we should make sure we're reading or, or how do we, how do we answer those questions? Uh, first of all, like I, you know, obviously thanks for being a platinum member for PDN. And, uh, I think that's a really well articulated question. So specifically to the issue of enforcing laws, to me, one of the most important pieces and one of the, the easiest pieces to get agreement on when I say find that common ground is background checks, right? So regardless of how we feel about background checks as an infringement, the fact is they're in place and and they're probably here to stay. Now, could we see them get, you know, if they put it to a vote tomorrow? Yes. Uh, would a lot of us say we get rid of them? Do I think we should give up private transfers entirely? I absolutely 100% do not. Uh, but background checks for commercial sales through FFLs, those, those are there. And they do interfere with criminal uh, uh, criminals obtaining guns. It, it, you can't argue that it doesn't make it harder for them to do that. So whether it prevents them from doing it, I don't think I'd go that far. Obviously, lots of criminals have guns, right? But I would definitely say that it, it puts a hurdle in the way. So we've got background checks and they do put a hurdle in the way of, of a criminal. They put a hurdle in a way, I'm sure, for, for some suicide attempts, things like that. So if you can get this person who's anti-gun that can meet you there, like, hey, what about background checks? You think they're good, right? Yes. Okay. So I admit, you know, background checks are, are a thing. You think they're good. And do you know what percentage of background check violations, in other words, people that get kicked back and the government says, no, you can't buy a gun uh, because they filled out the form improperly. They lied on the federal form 4473. Do you know what percentage of those are uh, prosecuted or even charged with a crime? And they'll say probably no, because like, I don't know. I don't think most people don't know that right off the top of their head. But we do know that it's an incredibly small percentage, incredibly small percentage. I think uh, I, I heard it was one state that was like 12,000 rejections so far this year. I think I heard it's a gun rights policy conference and they had uh, charged like four people. And that's that's kind of ridiculous. Right. I mean, I get it if, if it turns out it's a mistake and the person doesn't get prosecuted, but to not charge people when they fill out the form erroneously or when they lie on the form willfully, we've got a problem. So I think that's the easiest law to point at that is in place that the gun community largely has accepted that we don't think is going away. There's no active fight to revoke or remove the national instant criminal check system. And what we're really trying to do is make sure that it gets reported to in a timely and complete manner by all the agencies and jurisdictions that, that have to report to it. And we're trying to make sure that the violations of it or the attempts to work around it or get around it are prosecuted or at least charged. So I think that's that's probably the easiest place to have that conversation is right around that background check law because it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. And there's plenty of sources for those numbers. Um, the other thing you look at is you look at the the – number of guns out there. Right? On the one hand, the other side wants to say, I did air quotes for those of you who are only getting the audio, which is everybody. When the other side says, you know, so many gun deaths and gun violence, and it's, well, you know, 60% of those are, are suicides, which are a tragedy and are bad. And we know that the efficacy rate of suicide attempts, uh, the completions of suicide attempts with firearms is, depending on whose numbers you use, 85 or 90-ish percent, um, far higher than any other uh, form of, of suicide attempt. 
So we know that there's an issue that we have to deal with, but it's not fair to lump those in with gun violence, you know. Yeah. Um, now, where I, I really get a, a, a bad feeling on all that, where I say we need to do a better job is when I look at kids, right? So teen gun suicides that are completed, well, those teens probably didn't buy those guns. Those teens probably didn't even possess those guns necessarily knowingly um, with their parents. They, those were probably uh, unauthorized access issues in almost every case. So if we lose 900 or 1,200 kids every year, that's something we can do something about. And I think that's important when you're when you're dealing with somebody who's an anti-gun person, you know, saying, OK, yeah, I'll give you those. I'll give you those 900 mistakes. Right. Out of a thousand, if 900 of those were gun owners who were negligent or irresponsible in the way they stored their guns, I want to fix that. I want to encourage gun responsibility. So I think there's some give and take in those conversations that helps as well So find the common ground go to the easy low-hanging fruit of in laws that need to be enforced better and admit that we've got problems on our side too. I think all those are important things. Did that answer your question, Jerry? Jerry, did we lose Jerry? He's stunned. Stunned he's silence. Stu- he's, he's speechless. I think we... Turn your mute back. Turn your volume back on. Jerry. 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 Hey, Jerry. <laughs> hey, Jerry. He didn't hear any of that. <laughs> well, he'll hear it on the show. So, Jerry, you just replay that, right? Episode 266. Um, he'll probably say something like, thanks, Rob. That was an incredibly eloquent and thorough answer. <laughs> let me let me try calling him. Um, maybe he had to take a call. Some people work for a living, you know. It says he took a snapshot. Ah. He's like, look who I'm talking to. Well... He's not talking to anybody right now. Oh, he took a snapshot again. He's there. He's alive. Okay, I'm calling him. Moving on. Jerry, join us if you can. I can hear you, and I'm talking my head off. He's back. He's back. You can't hear me. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so we can hear you now. So did you you heard all that? Yeah, I heard every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, that did answer my question. You know, so that's, that's great. So, it, you know, I was just trying to figure out exactly what, what I can do because I, because like you, I get that question from friends of mine all the time who are less happy that some of us are carrying guns every day. So it's just helpful to, you know, to have something else other than that two minute elevator speech that, that we all have. Yeah, I think it's important to go to details and to find the common ground. One of the other things I like is the idea of normalizing. Gun. So instead of like the confrontational open carry guy who's going to have an AR-15 on his shoulder, you know, what about a I'm still talking. What about a, uh, you know, just. Oh, I was at the range. I was on the way home from the range the other day and I saw one of those new Corvettes, man. Those things are badass. Right. You're not talking about guns all the time. You're just talking about the Corvette. But. At the same time, you mentioned it was on the way home from the range. I think those little pieces are important. Like, I'd love to see, like, in, in American television shows or sitcoms, just like somebody comes home and, you know, they take their hat off or they, they hang their, they put their purse on the table. Maybe they take off their carry gun and put it in the quick access safe as they're going about their, their business. And it, there isn't, like, sinister music or a close-up. It's just, it's, it's part of what people do. Yeah. So did you have, did you, you said you had two questions, Jerry. You got another one? Well, yeah. Can I ask another one? You can ask one more. <laughs> okay. Last question. What? This one's more for Rob, I think. What would it take to get you, Rob, 
uh, to conduct a local class on either like a fighting pistol or lethal self-defense or something that's maybe exclusive for leadheads. I guarantee you, you would have the support to do a class. You probably have to do more than one. Oh, to do a class in Nashtown? To do a class in Nashville? Nashville or over here in the borough, anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, we that's kidding me. We just can, like, let's just set a date. Let's do that set of day. I've taught in Camden a lot. So I've taught. So Jaeger's had me out there a lot. Um, I've taken classes uh, out there in Camden and I've taught classes out there. So I'd be happy to go back out there or um, we can go up to Hilltop with uh, the other you know, Jerry up there at Hilltop. He uh, runs a great range up there. In fact, my daughter who lives in, in uh, just outside of Nashville, she took her concealed carry permit class from him up there uh, when she turned 21, just before she turned 21. I've taught up there. Um, so we can do it to Nashville Armory. I mean, there's all kinds of good places we could do it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put that back to, back to you talking lead and lead heads. Let's get that on the schedule for the spring. All right. I say, I say we nominate Jerry to be the, uh, to head that up and make that happen. I, I think I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> so, Jerry, all right. We're hanging up on you now. <laughs> I'll give Jerry, Jerry gets a free slot. All right. Hey, but, he said uh, you get yeah, a free slot if you'll put it together organize. and organize it. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> okay, we're hanging up on you, Jerry. All right. Thanks. All right, um, thanks. I'll get I'll be in touch with you later. Okay. Bye. All right. I mean, that's kind of backhanded. He says, Hey, will you do a class? And we like, okay, you get a free slot, put it together, and he's like, uh <laughs> Well, I don't know. There's a lot of work. That's too much work. Maybe, maybe yeah. he knows. Uh all right, so uh, that'll do it for our questions. Thank you guys for submitting um, and participating. Uh, Jerry, thank you for your time. And uh, seriously, Jerry, put that class together. Uh, put together a lead head class, and uh, we'll make it happen, man. I mean, or I, if I get another class set up in Tennessee, I'll just make sure you know and you can promote it, and we've got to let the lead heads take it over. We'll okay. offer a lead head discount or something somehow. Hell yeah. You lead heads interested in that? Uh, send me an email, talkingletgmail.com. Say, uh, Rob Pincus class. So let me ask, so let me ask you, you, this is episode 266. Do you know? Do I know? What the first episode I was on was? The first one you were on? Yeah. Man, you've been on so many. I don't. Do you? I don't. I tried to Google it. I came, I, the, it was episode 82 oh, no. came up. Remember the select fire? You guys did select fire? Yes, well, that was when we were trying our live. We were trying to do a yeah. live. Little... I was on number two of that. I was on the number two of the live broadcast, and I was on the earliest one I saw was night was number 82 in 2013, but I got to think I was on before number 82. 38. 38? Oh, look, look how fast you are. Episode 38. Rob Pincus joins us on the show to give some background on how he started up combat-focused shooting system. We discuss the Navy shipyard shooting and have some facts to fight the myths about defensive training. Boom. Make sure you check out ICE training at their link. And then we provide a you link. You have like, how did you do that? Do you have like an engineer? Do you have an assistant I don't know about <laughs> off to the side? Yeah, it's called like, the... What was, like, like who did Stern have? Robin. Do you have like a Robin off to the side doing something? Yeah, it's called me. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Lefty. Uh, I'm using my righty. <laughs> Actually, I think you were on episode 33. As early it as thirty three, it was early. I consider myself part of the uh, the early years. Yes, you were. You were definitely part of the early years. Um, and 
So what we do is, you know, we do tags when we do a, a post. So I can go in my little search and you guys can do it too. So if you're like, hey, what was that episode Rob Pincus was on? You go to our website, hit the little search button right there, type in Rob Pincus, and then it will pull up every episode Boom. that he's been in. Boom. And that's what I did. So um, Smart. So episode 33, we had Max Michelle and Reaper Outdoors on, uh, and it says Rob Pincus announcing the new Talking Lead sponsorship. Remember back when oh, you used to right. sponsor us? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, okay. had, we used to get we had the, the, the Talking Lead Mobile and the tour truck nose to nose a couple times. Yeah, we still got still got the lead sled, man. Yeah. Got the yeah. lead sled. So I like it. We should do that again. We should do the nose to nose again sometime. Um, speaking of, uh, I'm in talks with a new rap. We've got a local camo company. We've had them on the show. It's called Prime One Camo. Are you familiar with them, Rob? I'm not, but I'm, I'm going to check them out. That'll give me something to do. Yeah, I will introduce you. Um, first female designed camo pattern. So Stacy over there, uh, she's a ball of fire. You'll enjoy her. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely introduce you guys. So, um, we ended the jack wagon train a long time ago uh, <laughs> as we got into the discussions with the, with Rob and the questions there. Uh, but that RSO, that kind of led into all this. Uh, now, you've got other things that we want to talk about as well, as well. I mean, that took a lot of time, but uh, we want to talk about your new positions that you've got going on now. You've you've become the chair. Is it the chairman or? Uh, the executive vice president. Okay, executive VP. Talk about that uh, organization. That uh, of uh, Second Amendment organization. The Second Amendment yeah. organization started out uh, after they they started up after the Sandy Hook, the killings up there at the school in Connecticut. What happened was, you remember there was that that was kind of that first initial burst of companies going gun free, right? Mm-hmm. So one of those bar restaurant chains, bar restaurant said, "Oh, we're going to be gun free. No guns allowed." And uh, Brian Crosswhite was uh, operating a, a bar restaurant in the same kind of like area. I don't know, the same strip mall area or whatever as one of those places up in uh, northern Virginia. And he actually went the other way. He said, well, guess what? If you have a valid concealed carry permit, we're going to give you 10 percent off because we, we support the Second Amendment. Sweet. And that got him a, like just out of nowhere, kind of got him a whole bunch of media attention. Sure. And other companies started other businesses started doing it. And he ended Smart up smart businessman. Yeah. So he ended up starting a uh, 501c3 with a few other you know, people in the gun industry, gun community. And they started this really cool grassroots campaign of businesses that had nothing to do with guns or so no gun ranges, no you know, gun shops. It was just, you know, whether it was a barber shop or a, a auto body shop or whatever, restaurants and bars. If they were pro Second Amendment, they would kind of take this pledge and say, yeah, we, we support the Second Amendment. We support responsible responsible gun owners, and they're welcome on our premise. So they sort of took a pledge to not be gun-free, I guess, essentially. And they got a sticker to put in a window and things like that. And it was really just the kind of big grassroots momentum. They ended up – right now there's over a quarter million businesses that have signed on to this pro Second Amendment stance under 2AO's uh, campaign. And they really – only were active for about a year and a half or two years, and they they ran into a little uh, little angst, I guess you could say, from some of the other uh, pro gun organizations that felt like they might be a distraction. Um, they actually were in meetings with with uh, some people to potentially join up with, whether it was NRA or NSSF. There was there's a lot going on during that time frame because they grew so fast. They had about 25 state chapters and they were trying to really develop programs back to the question that Jerry asked and some other people have asked 
uh, programs for, for grassroots advocacy and how to get local businesses in your town to be pro-gun or at least not become anti-gun. And they had a lot of momentum and a lot of rapid growth and a lot of media attention. And that obviously made some people jealous and they got attacked. And, and it was a whole bunch of um, kind of startup 501c3s and pro-gun organizations that I think most of them were were awesome, just like 2AO was. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they were uh, sort of stopped in their tracks by a little bit of infighting. And that, that obviously caused a little momentum and a little kind of loss of faith to find that people inside organizations inside the gun industry were more interested in bad-mouthing other new startup organizations and saying, hey, don't let these guys distract you from giving us your contributions. And uh, they just they kind of stalled. And uh, they came to me about six months ago, I guess now, five, five months ago, and said, we'd really love to talk to you, Rob, about helping us relaunch, helping us reboot. And um, would you be interested in doing that? And I said, you know, I, lo- I looked at their history. I looked at, you know, obviously made sure they were legally as a nonprofit in good standing and all that and financially sound. I said, yeah, you know, I am interested, but I'm interested in expanding in expanding the mission also. So not just the, the the business kind of aspect of it, the businesses aspect, but I'd really like to add in some of my really important, my, my missions, my, my kind of goals inside of the community, which are to end gun negligence, you know, to talk as we've been talking a lot during right. this show about gun responsibility and gun education, not, not forced upon us by law, but created internally in a very organic and genuine way because gun owners are holding each other accountable. Uh, also some of the, the issues of, um, grassroots advocacy that I think really need to be addressed in in some really specific ways, almost to say, you know, here's where you're not helping. You know, you're not helping if you refer to everybody who is a liberal as if they are anti-gun. You're not helping if you refer to everyone who is a Democrat as they're trying to take our guns away. Um, And then, you know, open carry, the confrontational open carry stuff. I'm not a fan of that. Um, So I'm just preaching for responsibility and for um, what is, I think, thoughtful and articulate and intelligent, um, critical thinking going into how you advocate for the Second Amendment. So that's those missions were added to the missions, uh, the original mission of, you know, getting businesses on board to be pro Second Amendment or at least keep them from becoming anti Second Amendment. And that's what we relaunched with. So we relaunched in um, sorry, we, we made that decision in August and we relaunched early October, um, concurrent with me going to the uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference, I was honored to be uh, to be invited to speak at Gun Rights Policy Conference by Second Amendment Foundation this year, and uh, and actually was was given an award uh, as a Defender of Liberty, uh, which I thought was really cool, and I, I was kind of very very honored by that. Also, did you so have was, to wear a costume for that? Have you got no, a Defender of Liberty no. Superman costume? You know? I got a cool little glass kind of statue thing. And it uh, I, I will tell you that we were in Chicago and I feel like like I didn't get involved in any murders or any violent crime while I was in Chicago. And I think that my well, that's responsible of you. That's very yeah. responsible of you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. No, I mean, yes. I wasn't even a victim. Right. So I think that, that my Not even a victim. statue <laughs> may have kept the violence away, uh, which was nice. So uh, so I had that going for me. And then um we, so we announced that, whatever that was, about three weeks ago now, we, we announced that I was going to be this uh, the executive vice president now on the board of 2AO. And then one of the first things we did, and this is really important, because if anybody has a homework assignment from this show, go to gunrights.info. Gunrights.info. 
gunrights.info. We have published over 50 position statements on all kinds of issues. Some of the things we've talked about on the show, mandatory training, background check system, all that kind of stuff. We have published 50 position statements where we either say, you know, we support something, we're against something, or, hey, this is a complex issue. And we talk about a little bit where the, the positives and negatives of something are like, arming teachers would be one thing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I 100% against the idea of arming teachers as a verb that we're going to take teachers and we're going to train them to be security officers or whatever, and make them responsible for security. I'm against that. What I am for is the right to carry at work. So I'm for teachers that wish to take on that responsibility personally, mm -hmm legally able to carry when they're not at work. But isn't that what they mean? I mean, wasn't that the whole purpose in that? I mean, they're not saying, you know, task the <laughs> teachers whether they want to do it or not. I mean, it was basically let them carry at work, and if they want to take on the responsibility of their Second Amendment right while, you know, while on the job, then great. Well, the, the problem is the, the middle gray area there was, no, not telling teachers they have to carry guns, but telling teachers they have to take special training. That mm -hmm. was the crux, right? If, if you if you were going to like say, okay, which teachers want to volunteer, and then 20 teachers raise their hand, and you put 20 teachers through a two-week class to turn them into you know armed security guards specific to schools, and maybe only 18 of them passed – now you you this the state or the county or the school district is saying these are our designated 18 armed teachers that is an entirely different thing turning them into reserve cops or whatever all that is totally different from just letting them exercise their second amendment rights yeah. and and that's where that issue is complex so these 50 position statements um, I hope that they're they're well expressed and I hope that people find them to be articulate and thoughtful uh, and I'm yeah. encouraging people to not only look at them, but give us your feedback. So go to gunrights.info, look at the position statements. You can download them or just read them online yeah. and then, you know, put in the comments what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Why do you disagree? And, and is there a social, them, share them. social media page for that also? Facebook, Instagram? Uh, you can go to 2AO.org uh, at Facebook, but the gunrights.info is uh, at, at 2AO.org. That's our website. It's also the Facebook page. You can mm -hmm. find it there. Find our Instagram. But the, the gunrights.info is just a URL that forwards directly. It goes right to, to position positions, your position statement yeah, on 2A.org. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, that was our first thing. We got some other things going on, so I'm excited about that. Um, it gives us another another platform. You know, the thing is, if you look at my sort of businesses, my whiteboards over here, if you look at like, all right, ICE Training Company, that's where I put out the, the training for defensive firearms. Personal Defense Network, that's where I put out the videos and all the other security safety stuff. Um, Endeavor Defense and Fitness outside of Columbus, Ohio. If I were going to do fitness stuff, that's the business that falls into. Well, now I have my kind of political arm of, of Rob Pincus World is Second Amendment Organization. Very nice. All right, guys, make sure you go check that out. Um, I think we should uh, get into, and I, I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but we got to um, talk about Avidity Arms in the PD-10. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. I'm so, so excited. So we, we uh, National Association of Sporting Goods Wholesalers, which is back in the day when when the gun industry, this is before my time, thankfully, um, back in the day when the gun industry still thought it was a good idea to like pretend that all gun stuff was about sporting use or hunting traditions or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like that got a, that got us the assault weapons ban. That did not work. Um Back in the day, they they came up with this name for this trade show, the National Association of Sporting Goods Wholesalers. Well, 
it's a ginormous place where it's like more business by volume gets done in guns and ammo, I think, at the NASGW show than any place else. So it's a small show, um, but we'll be there next week. It's in Pittsburgh this year. It's a small show by attendees, but it's because it really is business. It's not a media event like SHOT Show has become. It's not an open to the public thing like NRA convention. This is business getting done kind of thing. So we'll be there getting some business done with Avidity Arms and doing some other things. Well, what we have done, and, and you know, I'm never going to say, like, never again am I going to say a number of months or when the gun's coming out. When the gun's ready, it'll be out there. But the good news is we got really, really, really far into this process, uh, all the way to endurance testing and drop testing and third-party testing and all that stuff. And we just kept, you know, hitting the same hiccup on the longevity of the gun. So we were having a, a frame failure that we tried to solve two, three, four different ways uh, over the course of a year that was occurring, you know, in the vicinity of 5,000 rounds on too many of the guns, a too high a percentage of the guns. And it kind of came down to, well, that's what we're stuck with. And and I would not, to say that some of the people involved in the conversation uh, were against me is a little bit strong, but there definitely was some observation made that, you know, 90% of the guns that are bought will never have 5,000 rounds shot through them. So maybe this is good enough, you know, and my position 100% was that guys like Jerry that was just on a show, guys that, that, you know, listen to Talking Lead, guys that are platinum members at PDN, guys that have come to ICE training company courses in, in courses like with the new USCCA program that we're doing. I mean, we, we already have hundreds of instructors certified to teach the new program we launched there. Um, those people are going to shoot 5,000 rounds and probably way more than that through their guns. So what we need is a gun that will go, you know, if it doesn't go to 10,000 rounds without needing some kind of serious maintenance, I personally don't want it out in the public because granted 90% of the guns that sell over the next decade might not go to 5,000 rounds, but my my gut feeling is 75% of the first thousand guns that get sold are going to be shot way over 5,000 rounds because it's going to be the people that have been sitting around patiently or impatiently waiting for the gun for the last right. couple of years. And they're my people. They're the people that are going to train and practice, right? So um, we made a major change to the frames. And, and it, it, I say major, major in that, you know, new molds, uh, some new metal inserts, new testing rounds, all that stuff. Uh, the, the the slide stayed the same. The basic design stayed the same. The ergonomics are the same. But the strength, the, the strength of the frame rails is is infinitely stronger it's it we now have a you know some guns don't have metal front and rear they only have metal in the middle mm -hmm. or, or the front connection between right. the frame and the slide and uh we we were going to try that and it didn't work so we are back to um i think one of the reasons i figured out like i thought i figured out you know the engineers and we talked about it one of the reasons that a lot of guns get away with that is because they're built to accommodate the 40 smith and wesson so they're already beefier and built up and they're wider guns. Mm -hmm. This gun is exclusively designed around the nine millimeter. So it's slimmer. It fits smaller hands better. Right. It's easier. Single to carry. stack. Yeah. Single stack nine millimeters. So there really isn't enough space to make those plastic only rails beefy enough, honestly, is what it came down to. So we put metal inserts back there. Testing has gone great. The endurance testing is underway. The uh, drop testing has already been done on the new uh, frame and slide combos. So um, we, probably are in the same place we were about a year ago where we really thought, okay, we're, we're doing the last final pieces and the endurance testing is what set us apart uh, or set us aside last time. It just wasn't making the numbers I needed it to make um, reliably enough or, or consistently enough. So we went back to the drawing board, 
uh, engineer Brad, you know, he, he got to, got busy on what those inserts would look like. And it's funny. I mean, I go back to that was a discussion we had in 2016. Should the gun have rear metal rails? And we were all pretty confident that we could solve the problem without it looking at some other guns. But we we didn't. So we went back. And, and again, I don't want this gun out there until I am. I'm carrying a gun right now. I'm not carrying an Avidity Arms PD-10 until I will carry an Avidity Arms PD-10 to defend myself and the baby, anybody else I care about. I don't want it out there. And right now that gun's not ready. So it's not going out there. Right. And no date. So it's no date. You get no date. So it's in the mail. <laughs> As Josh Dorsey the says, it's the in, the mail. in the mail. Yeah. And it's not email either. It's like old time email. It's like, <laughs> it's like pony express mail. Yeah. 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 It's on a horse. All right. So long story short, it's not ready yet. Well, it's coming. It's ready, but it's it's not released yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've uh, made some improvements to it, so you're going to get an even better firearm when it gets released, Leadhead. So just stay tuned, and you know we're going to let you know when it's ready. Rob will probably be, you know, I'll probably be like the the (laughs) 10th or 12th person to know. So. Oh, there'll probably be an email where about 5,000 people are going to find out, like, simultaneously. Look, dude, this is the show for exclusive. you got to come here first. Well, we, we are the show for exclusive. I'll tell you what, I, I, will, I will do this. Just out of out of the respect for our history and the fact that I was in potentially as early as episode, which is a 33. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. 33. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we could probably do something to, to allow – I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. Say it. As long as you're quick, throw it out there. You got to be ready to go. Dude. You'll hear about it first from Talking Lit. Dude, I was waiting on you today. What are you talking about? But once I tell you, you might only have like a five minute window. <clears throat> okay. But I will make the commitment to you America, the world, the internet. You hear, can it hear about it first from Talking Lit. We can do that. We can Hold do it. I can that. make that happen. Mike Sedini, remind me. Sodini, <laughs> he's got he's got to be feeling a little better about this too. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, he's been he's been great to work with. Uh, you know, he's way more patient than I am. So so he is. Uh, he has been patient. Yes, he's been way more patient than I. He kind of holds me back. Sometimes. Well, he started a whole other. He started a whole other thing to get his mind off of it. You know, with the he did, and then, <laughs> but then he invited me into that too. So we're we're doing Walk the Talk America, which is working with some mental health professionals on suicide prevention and trauma mitigation, and some of the other things that like people maybe don't don't think about as much. Um, issues like dementia or issues like you know using prescription pills. You know, should you? We just had a, a road rage road rage incident here in uh, Colorado a couple months ago where my wife was actually on lockdown uh, at a medical facility because uh, across the street is where the the road rage. Oh wow! Happened. And it was a guy. First thing he said was, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I, I switched meds, so I think it was my meds." You know, now whether that's true or not, the fact is, if the guy just switched on a new you know, anti-psychotic medicine, should he be carrying a gun in public, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, does that need to be a law or can that just be common sense, right? If I drink a fifth of Jack, I don't need to be carrying a gun. If I take, start taking pills that are going to alter my brain behavior and say right there, like side effects may include, sure. yeah. right? Like maybe I shouldn't be carrying a gun. So there's a lot of mental health issues. Um, that, you know, if you take the keys away from grandpa, maybe you ought to take the gun away too. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple of incidences just in the last few months where People have shot family members and they the, the family shows up and says, oh, yeah, we, he hasn't been driving for six months or he's been suffering from dementia. 
as if that makes it okay, Mm -hmm. or it's somehow a rationalization around the tragedy. And it's like, well, if you took the car keys away, why is there still a gun behind the door? There may be reasons why certain people you would take car keys away. These questions questions have been out there forever, and nobody's been actually sitting down and, and addressing them. And that's what you guys have done with Walk the Talk America is you're bridging that gap between the mental health industry and the firearms industry and saying, look, we've got all these questions. Why don't we work together and let's solve them together? Yeah, the problem is in the last year, USA Today, or in the last six months, USA Today and the New York Times have both written front page stories on this issue of dementia and guns or the uh, older citizens with guns. And so people are talking about it. It's just not us. It's like, we don't want to talk about it because how dare you take away my world war two grandfather's gun? Yeah. Well, if you took away the car keys, right. He fought for those freedoms too. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everybody talks about it, but nobody does anything about it. That's what, yes. that's what makes you guys different is you're, you're, you're doing something about it. It's like, okay, so I'm bringing this side that's talking about it and I'm bringing this side that's talking about it. We're going to come together, and we're going to come up with some solutions. We're going to come up with some programs. I know you got Mike yeah. on there. I don't want to go too far into it, but we've got some uh, great Yeah, don't programs. steal his thunder. <laughs> I'm not going to steal it, but I'm going to just tease it. Okay. Uh, the screening, a screening program for at-risk kids in schools where it turns out that there's a huge overlap between the at-risk for suicide and the at-risk for potential violence against others. You know, that one-in-a-million school shooter is a one-in-a-million, and to try to put a program in place to screen for that's you know, kind of almost impossible. Right. But what isn't impossible is to screen for at risk kids for suicide and realize that if we can get them early, one out of a million of them might be the next school shooter. So if we can treat for the symptoms of depression and some of the maybe identify some of the antisocial personality stuff, all that really early, then we can kind of stem the they say before stage four, you know, for suicide prevention, everything else kind of referencing the stage four cancer like it's too late. So they want to they want to get in on the mental health issues uh, before stage four also. So I think that's really cool. Um, So he'll talk about that program. And there's a a great range program for trauma mitigation. You know, unfortunately, we have several incidences a year. Um, This year on Labor Day, there was one in a popular range in North Carolina where people will come into that range, rent a gun and then attempt a suicide and and Mm -hmm. quite often complete the suicide there. And that causes a lot of trauma for people that work in the gun industry. And if you didn't know that was a possibility, if you worked at a retail counter in a gun range and you haven't already been talked to about this or you haven't confronted that possibility, you know, shame on us as a gun community for not preparing you for the fact that that does happen. It does. It does. And it gets covered up a lot. I mean, it's happened here locally several times. People don't want to talk about it. No. But we have to talk about it. So that's that that program for trauma mitigation and then a a separate program that, that runs concurrently with that to help gun owners who can say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have guns in my life right now. That veteran, right? He's got PTSD. Maybe he's, he's got an issue with, with uh, you know, he, he's on some opioids for pain. The VA's not doing the best they can for him. That's what they're doing for him. His wife leaves him. He loses his job. Like you just take that worst case scenario guy. He's just, he's afraid to ask for help. Maybe he doesn't know who to ask for help. We want to put programs in at the ranges that are going to treat that person with respect and yeah. dignity not try to take away their Second Amendment rights, but at the same yeah. time, say, hey, you need a place to keep your guns, we got you for a while. Right. And there are organizations uh, that, that you guys can reach out to if you know somebody that's that's you know suffering from PTS. You go to a Sheepdog Impact Assistance. They've, yeah. got, they've got great help there. They've got great programs to help assist with that. Um, uh, sheepdogia.org. Uh, and they also uh, just wanted to mention real quick, we were going to have Sergeant Major Lance Nutt on 
But again, another hurricane has hit down in the Gulf. So they've organized some uh, some disaster recovery relief teams to go down there. So he once again got called away. Um, but we're going to have him on. You guys want to help with that? I know that a lot of you um, uh, want to go down and help out physically, but uh, you can help out monetarily. I've made a link on our Facebook page. You can donate uh, gift cards, you know, to Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Walmart, where they can pick up supplies as they're going and and helping these families that are just devastated down there right now. Uh, it would help out immensely. Mission 22 is another great organization that uh, you guys can reach out to, and uh, they've got great programs there as well. So uh, do that. Yes, yes, they do. Don't ignore it. All right, Rob, it is time now for us to give away another watch for our Watches for Heroes program that we're doing with Defy Watches and the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. And our nominee this week comes from Shane Barthels. And Shane says, this is for my cuz who was in the Army. Can't remember if it was Afghan or Iraq. He was a hummy driver and was supposed to be the gunner that night, but switched with the passenger. And that day they hit a IED, and him and the driver were the two to make it home. He now lives a good life with a huge reminder in his back and still getting shrapnel removed. He has a one-year-old daughter now who's amazing. His name is Ken W. We'll just leave it at that. And he deserves the watch because he does everything he can for the world to still help out now. So, Shane, we are going to give your cuz, Ken, a watch. And that's going to be presented uh, from Fleoa. Uh, and I think that, that does it for our watches for heroes, but I was given... Uh, some news the other day that I think we're going to continue this program. We've given away 14 watches, Rob, uh, through Defy Watches and FLEOA to uh, our veteran law enforcement, fire department, EMS uh, that our listeners nominate. Uh, we've even given it to some of our listeners as well. Uh, so you guys, thank That's you. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much for your participation. Uh, Shane, shoot me an email, talking at gmail.com with Ken's contact information, and we're going to set him up uh, with a battlefield. I believe that's what Fleo was giving. And uh, I'm going to get Bill on because I think he wants to keep this going. So I think there may be some more watches. So you guys go ahead and keep sending in your nominations. TalkingLed at gmail.com. Subject, I want the watch. And those are cool watches, too. I was checking you had some of those uh, NRA show. They were very cool. Yeah, man. I'm wearing the Scout today. Yeah. Um, Battlefield's my favorite. Love the battlefield, but I like switching it up. You know, different days call for different watches. That's the great thing about them. So you guys make sure you check them out. Check out uh, Defy Watches on the Discovery Channel, the uh, Discovering Water, the new episodes uh, or the new series that they started there. They are featuring the Smith and Bradley watches, which is the uh, higher end line that Jeremy carries with Defy, uh, and the Prima watches as well. Um, very cool thing that they're doing there. And then the movie. Uh, 10 minutes gone with Bruce Willis should be uh, they should be getting ready to announce the release date on that pretty soon which their watches are also featured in that movie so sponsors of the show doing great things you guys appreciate all the support that you've been giving to our sponsors like the official optics of talking lead right on optics r-i-t-o-n go to rightonusa.com 
and check out their awesome line of scopes, red dots, binoculars. We made some posts at the Iraq Veteran uh, Range Day shoot with the new 1-8. to Everybody was loving it out there. We had it mounted on a uh, 5.56 suppressed with an Atlas Defense. Uh, I believe it's called it the Saber uh, suppressor uh, from Atlas Defense. So check those out. Uh, Rob, we've also been calling on our lady listeners. We want to we want to increase our lady listenership. Is that how I should say that? <laughs> is this leading into me getting another divorce? No, uh, is that, no. Is that how we're making this public? Is that what you? Because <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate at this point. No, that that's very inappropriate. And that's not the where I was headed with that. I'm headed. Right, I, I know we've got. To, I know we've got lady listeners, and I don't want them to be. Um, don't neglect the, don't neglect them. I don't want to neglect them, but I also don't want them to feel um what's that intimidated. Called? It thank you, intimidated. I don't want them to feel intimidated <laughs> to to get in touch with us um and let us know what you want to hear on the show. Let us know, you know, subject matters that that impact you that could make a difference in, you know, maybe you're you're contemplating carrying but you're not really sure. You know, we'll get an expert on and get a female opinion for you. Uh, if there's products out there that you want us to talk about, uh, and it doesn't have to be specifically female related. I mean, if you just got, you know, hunting or whatever, get in touch with us, talkinglet at gmail.com, and uh, we're going to make sure that your voice is heard on this show. And thanks to Melissa R., because she, uh, she has written in to us, and it says, I love listening to your show. I really enjoyed the show that Mindy Robinson was on. Thank you. I did, too. It was one of the funnest shows that, we, that we've had. Um, Facebook hated it. <laughs> Facebook hates us for it, but you know what? Mission accomplished. Thanks for all the updates and information you provide. Also, I appreciate the discounts that you provide for so many different products. That's one of the benefits of being a leadhead. We bring you exclusive di- discounts from our sponsors, from friends of the shows that only leadheads can get. So make sure you guys are listening. The next time there is a watch discount, I would be for sure ordering one. Melissa R. So, Melissa, thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate knowing that you are out there listening. Uh, talk to your other lady friends that listen to the show. Get them to write in as well. Give us some suggestions. You know, I appreciate Melissa. We appreciate the support. Maybe we'll get Mindy on the show again sometime soon. Uh, I know we, we want to talk, talk to her about her new uh, Roe v. Wade movie that she's got coming out. So very cool, very cool. Rob, uh, talk about where everybody can get in touch with you, all your social media, your websites. I mean, you got like a bazillion and two. Yeah, I'm working on some uh, – people can go to robpinkus.com, and maybe someday that will actually be like a hub with all the little <laughs> links to everything. That's the plan. We're working on that. But until robpinkus.com, right now it forwards to icetraining.us. Yeah. Personaldefensenetwork.com is the best place to go for training information. Uh, we talked about gunrights.info and 2AO.org. Um, Walk the Talk America as a website. Also, walkthetalkamerica.org or .com. But really, social media. I mean, if, if you're listening to Talking Lead, you're obviously an incredibly savvy person. You're up to date on your technology. You understand the way the world works. And therefore, you can find Rob um, Pincus. Unlike on the host. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, MySpace, all that. Yeah, make sure you guys go show Rob some love. Uh, tell him you heard him on the talk. And go back to our old episodes. Like I said, you go to our website, do the search, and you can pull up uh, 
as earliest as 33. I mean, I may have to go back and do some more tags because I think that was before we were really tag savvy. Uh, so you yeah, might, you may go. have actually been on before that. So there's a task for you leadheads. If you can find an episode earlier than 33 that Rob was in, um, then you're going to win a prize from the talking I'll, leads. You know what? I'll throw in, I'll throw in a book off the bookshelf. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a book in. There you go. So you also get a book from Rob. That's going to be awesome. A uh, little task for you, you leadheads. Uh, modern Spartan Systems, make sure you go give them some love. Uh, don't just clean your firearms. Optimize them with Modern Spartan Systems line of gun cleaning products and lubes. And they even have a product called the TVT Engine Oil Additive that will add life and extend your mileage on your vehicles. I even put it in my uh, generators, uh, my lawn equipment, and uh, it does wonders for all that as well. ModernSpartanSystems.com. And then, of course, the best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today, X-Steel Targets. Baby. You guys, go to xsteeltargets.com and look at their wide variety of AR-500 steel targets they have. If there's, if there's nothing there that you see that meets your needs, they custom make targets as well. So get in touch with Bud, xsteeltargets.com. You see me wearing their hat right here, Rob? I do. I was wondering. I was going to ask you about like how you uh, how you've liked them and how they've been performing for you. So they have cool. been they have been fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Uh, from everything from twenty two, all the way up to fifty BMG, they've got your target. Uh, they're going to be featured at the uh, long distance uh, world record long distance shoot that Charlie Melton's going to be performing uh, coming up soon. We still don't have the dates on that. We're hoping to make it out to Utah to cover that for you guys. Uh, nice. But right on, x Targets, Modern Spartan Systems are all going to be part of that. Um, Charlie's going to, uh, he's been using their products. Uh, so I will give you an update once we get that. 1776 United, the official swag of Talking Lead. You guys get the t-shirts, you get the patches, and our mugs. So I talked to James at the Iraq Veteran YouTube shoot, and we decided that we're going to come out uh, with our new logo, uh, the listener submitted logo, and the first thing that we're going to put is going to be on the talking leddies. So once once we feature our mugs on James's site, 1776 United, it's going to have one of the new logos on there. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can get your talking leddies uh, last longer than a Yeti, Rob. Minutes longer. Keep your drinks minutes really? minutes longer. The minutes longer. Evil Black Talking Lead Assault Mug, the Leddy. Dip123.com forward slash talking lead is where you can get those right now. Why would someone want a cup designed to keep something as cold or warm as possible for as long as possible? Can you answer that? And looks this badass? I don't know. You need I don't know if people people may not be ready for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but we've got them available just in case they are. You go to dip123.com forward slash talking lead. Uh, and then, of course, speaking of dipstick hydrographics, you guys go there and get all your hydrographic needs. They've got the films. They've got the uh, all the equipment to do your own home dipping. I've done several. I don't know if you can see the shotgun back there or not, Rob, but uh, I did one in a, I can. I can. a giraffe um, pattern. Uh, very cool looking. Underneath my, uh, uh, what is that? Superheroes mask there, the Black Panther. I wondered about the mask. I didn't know what was going on with that. 
<laughs> that's a uh, one of Tia's sons bought that, so I've been kind of messing around with it while he's out of town. He doesn't know that I uh, confiscated it. What is that? I can't see that. Hold on. Well, see, I was going to send you a message because this is the audio, but we're on video. And I'll just tell you, literally one percent, my computer is going to die in five, that's four, three, two. Well, that's good because we're getting ready to wrap up. I know it. Uh, and then, of course, Defy Watches, the official wristwear of Talking Lead. Guys, go and get your awesome uh, Scout, Battlefield, or the classic Field Watch at Defy Watches. Smith Bradley Watches, uh, Step Up. You guys can get those awesome line of watches that are featured in the uh, 10 Minutes Gone movie by uh, featuring Bruce Willis. You know who Bruce Willis is? Uh, yeah, he, he, stole, he stole America. That guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't understand that. Well, I was bald first. And then uh, Royal Range. Uh, we're going to be going out to Royal Range this weekend. Uh, some AK stuff. You guys know about the AK Corner, Talking Lead AK Corner. Uh, we've been giving away AKs on that. 12 AKs, Rob, we've been giving out uh, over our series. We're in episode four coming up. And like our, our guest is going to be none other than, and I'm going to mess up his last name, uh, Marco Vorobiv. Uh, he is a former Spetsnaz. And I think we lost Rob. I think his computer died. <laughs> so uh, I'll get him back and we'll do a final wrap up here. But uh, you guys make sure and support those that support the Talking Lead uh, podcast. Without them, this show would not be possible. So until next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms close. And your personaldefensenetwork.com closer. And by the way, protect what you love. Go get one of those protect what you love shirts from maidenlifestyle.com. I've never heard of those. Oh, you got to get those. Where's that at? Uh, maidenlifestyle.com. Mm-hmm.